In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. It is most certainly the case that I'll be alone at Holy Communion. So that means, A, please continue to pray for Father Sina on the Holy Land pilgrimage. They'll be back late Tuesday. And when it's time for us to receive Holy Communion, please be sure to use the whole altar rail all the way around uh, so as not to leave gaps. That'll help everyone. Thank you. Put on Christ Jesus. And Duamini Christum Jesum. Put on our Lord. It's, um, uh, you may have noticed that I'm back in my eggplant um, form, as one of you has described it. The, the conical violet vestment is one of my very, very favorite things in the whole world. Um, you usually see a white conical. Um, or the green modified conical, which comes up to the wrist, um, which is as far up as St. Charles Borromeo was willing to permit vestments um, to be abbreviated. Um, he thought it was scandalous that you could see the, uh, the white alb uh, on some of these very, very short, uh, ultra-abbreviated vestments. So the conical, um, as you know, is very different from a circle with a hole cut out of the middle, which is like a horse blanket. That's a late 20th century invention. And when you see a priest wearing a vestment like that, you can spot it from a mile away because when his, when his hands come up, the folds in the cloth are vertical. They're parallel because there's so much fabric. I know some of you have heard this before, but some of you haven't. But in a conical vestment, which is really like a half circle, imagine a half circle where the corners are pulled down and then sewn up almost to the top, but leaving a little uh, hole in the, in the, in the middle. Um, the shape that that creates is a cone. And when the arms, when the hands come up, when a priest is wearing a conical vestment, you can recognize it again from a mile away or 2,000 years away because the folds and the fabric are elliptical. So look at any painting, any statue, and you'll be able to tell, is that priest wearing a horse blanket or is he wearing a conical vestment? Because you can see the folds. Are they elliptical or are they vertical and parallel? Um, It's a beautiful image of the Christian life because the conical vestment is... uh, it's bulky, it's awkward, doesn't, doesn't permit me to do jumping jacks very well. Um, there are lots of things that um, um, some priests are inclined to want to do, but they're not even possible with a conical vestment. Even notice the, the, the rubric where, or it's not a rubric, but the custom where the server will hold the back edge of the vestment at the elevations, Right? That's totally unnecessary when a super abbreviated vestment is being worn. But when the priest is wearing a conical vestment properly, he can't do the elevation. It's impossible to elevate unless someone is pulling the vestment away uh, to free it to, to rise up for the elevation. So it's not, um, it's not an innovation. Um, it actually it, it, it came to mind when I was talking to a young parishioner just a few days ago about a conversation he had with a uh, colleague, a friend, as it were, at work, who was ridiculing him for his Christian faith 
and pointed out that he is missing out on so much that the world has to offer, so much fun, so much pleasure, so many opportunities. Um, and and it's, it, it's easily our instinct as Christians who are also wired to be winners, to desire to be in first place, to prove that we're better and um, more successful because of who we are. It's easy to, to respond by saying, no, I have just as much joy. My life is even better than yours because of my Christian faith. But it's, it, it's worth um, restraining ourselves and recognizing that, no, in fact, a, a truly faithful Christian doesn't have the consolation of, uh, of grace but actually is foregoing many of the pleasures and opportunities of the world. It should be that way. St. Paul, when he's talking to the Corinthians, makes it very clear that if our hopes in Christ are limited to this life alone, we're the most pitiable of men. If, it's not, if, if we aren't living for the resurrection and eternal life... Then, then we're not actually Christian. And if the Christian faith isn't true, if Christ didn't really rise from the dead, then we really are the most ridiculous creatures because our earthly lives are lives of penance, lives of virtue, lives of, lives of discipline. And so this Advent season is a, is a perfect opportunity to be renewed in that, to put on Christ. How do we put on Christ? How do we observe this? By, by making no abbreviations. It's especially during Advent and Lent, during these penitential seasons, when we remind ourselves of the most important things, the things that aren't always urgent, but we know that they're non-negotiable, to pray, to fast, and to give alms. How did Our Lady prepare as soon as the news came to her that a son the king of the universe would be born to her. She immediately traveled, undertook hardship as an act of charity and mercy to take care of her cousin, Elizabeth. She willingly endured hardship, not begrudgingly. She's e- eager to be, to be at the Lord's service, not just simply to, to celebrate a particular event, but to, to, to always be the Lord's handmaid, not just in one or two aspects. How much did her prayer life exp- uh, explode with the, so much more to contemplate, so much more to consider that had been said to her, that was happening inside of her? So I encourage you, whenever you, see, whenever you see me in the guise of an eggplant, to, to, to be joyfully penitential, to put on Christ, to realize that the Christian life, like, like this ancient garment, doesn't permit you to do everything you might want, but it permits you to do everything you need. To live a life in this world without desiring all of its pleasures. 
to be able to give and to share to others, especially those in need. To leave something on the table knowing that we are, we are grateful and, and we rejoice, but the true celebration is going to happen in heaven. My greatest pleasure will be then. What's the image that our Lord used so often? The virgins preparing for the arrival of the bridegroom. Right, their lamps were, were trimmed but not extinguished. They were alert. They weren't trembling for fear that they might miss him, but they were, they were eager to be awake and to be ready. They weren't yet celebrating the wedding because the wedding hadn't happened yet. But, but it, was all, it was difficult to restrain themselves from the joy of, of the wedding celebration that was about to begin. So as Christians who are not only anticipating our liturgical celebration of our Lord's birth in history, but as Christians who are awaiting his coming and our being with him in heaven, we can put him on as we pray and fast and give alms. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.